<laughs> what was that? Blow smoke in the mic. <laughs> God help us all. That's actually probably racist. It kind of sounds Jamaican. Blow smoke in the mic, man. Blow. <laughs> uh. um. Now back to your regularly scheduled recommended. For real. This is the outtakes that would definitely get us canceled, I feel like. <laughs> I guess sure. we'll find out. Oh no. Hello everyone and welcome to Recommended where you find your weekend watch. <laughs> Alright, off to a great start. <laughs> It's been one of those nights, folks, uh, or days, I guess, in general. Um, but we're so excited to have you join us uh, today uh, for another episode of Recommended, episode four of season two. I think it's episode 20 overall, maybe 21. I can't remember. Nice. I always try it. I think it's 21. Last oh, one was okay. 20. Oh, nice. man. Making progress. Oh, uh, we should have done movie 21 on. Oh, I made a mistake. That's okay. so my fault. Y'all should uh, punish me for that. I don't know how. Don't don't brigade me though. Um, <laughs> no, uh, well, no swatting, please. Yeah. And the docs start now. <laughs> <laughs> so this week we had a couple movies that we want to talk with y'all about. Drew recommended me the killing of a sacred deer, um, and I recommended to him Rat Race. Drew, let's start with the Rat Race. Uh, tell me all about it. All right, so you have this um, kind of like this scumbag millionaire who puts these gold coins. Was it like six of them? I think six, like six, six gold six coins. I think it's six, six gold coins, and like these random slot machines. He's he's a casino owner. Yes. I think yes. Um, so uh, he puts them in these slot machines and just in Vegas and just random people get them. And when you get the coin, you have to race to the storage locker in a uh, um, Silver City, New Silver Mexico. City, New Mexico. That's it. Thank you for the reminder. And um, in there, there's two million dollars cash. And him and his cronies are like placing bets. Like to them, this is just fun. Like they're mm-hmm. just they're just betting. And there's no rules, no holds barred, no nothing. And uh, it just gets into the hands of six. Crazy, funny people, um, and they just they just try to go. And you have you have like this uh, this guy. He I always just call him Mister Bean, but his name is Rowan At- Atkinson or something. Yes. I think that's what it was. Um, he's basically doing his Mister Bean character the whole time for yes. for you Gen Z kids out there. Mister <laughs> Bean is just um, he he's just a character. That's kind of like Mr. Magoo in a sense. Like he's just like Time out. <laughs> For you Gen Z kids, he's kinda of like Mr. Magoo who you also wouldn't know. Oh snap. <laughs> You're totally right. I just bamboozled myself, man. How could you oh, let me ask you this? Who would be the Mr. Bean of this generation? I don't even know if there <sighs> is there one? Maybe not. 
I don't think there is one. Who was that really high-pitched guy on YouTube named Fred? Uh, it like, hey, it's Fred! Yeah, maybe he would be like Mr. Bean. Uh, he Except was. people want to kill him. Yeah. But, but, don't, but don't, don't. We're not, we're not endorsing that. Don't shut us down. <laughs> Drew is trying to get us kicked off of uh, our uh, podcast. I thank you. No, no, no. Um, but yeah, uh, but anyways, you have him. He's like narcoleptic. Like yes. He'll just like randomly fall asleep in different times. And also he's traveling with this crazy ambulance driver who's trying to transport a human heart. Like that should be first priority, I feel like. <laughs> They're going uh, in the same direction. Yeah. And then, uh, oh my gosh. And then you got this guy, he like hops in the helicopter with this girl who, who's like, beautiful smart and funny but she's also crazy about her ex-boyfriend too and she like tries to spy on him with the helicopter they end up crashing and whatnot just um you just have all these hodgepodge of characters just trying to get to this money and the real treasure is the friends you make along the way nope oh it's definitely the two million dollars Definitely. And a Smash Mouth concert. And a Smash Mouth concert. And it was their decision <clears throat> to ruin that. <laughs> hey, now. You're an all-star. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, the movie is funny. Um, it yeah. obviously... There's a lot of great actors in this movie. Yeah, I was going to say, let me just read out yeah, read out the star-studded cast. cast of individuals. And you'll see, like... Wow, this is probably one of my favorite movies, uh, comedy movies. Preface that. Favorite comedy movies out there. You've got Breckin Meyer, Cuba Gooding Jr. Mm. You've got Seth Green. Boom. You've got Vince Velouf. What, what? You've got uh, Whoopi Goldberg. Hi, Pope. you got John Lovitz. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got um, Rowan Atkinson, John mm-hmm. Cleese, mm-hmm. Uh, Dave Thomas, uh, Martin Evans, um... That was, I don't know if anyone cares about him. Um, <laughs> Nobody. Amy Smart. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, and that ambulance driver was it Wayne. Well, yeah, Wayne Knight. Yeah, yeah. Like, that he is. He also played in Jurassic Park. I he think. did. Yeah. Like, this is a, an amazing cast. Like, when I saw that on the picture, like, when they were advertised, like, oh my goodness. Like, of course I want to go see this. Yeah. Um, they just. They're phenomenal. And they all worked really well together. Um, I thought it was hilarious they actually brought in the real Gloria Allred to be a lawyer in Las Vegas. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and I think my favorite scene of all is hands down the with the Cuba Gooding Jr. with the Lucille Ball impersonation. Yes. <laughs> the I Love Lucy <laughs> convention. Oh, my gosh. That was, <laughs> the bus is broken. <laughs> like... Oh, she gets her hair caught on fire. Yeah, and like all the suds is everywhere. They tried to, to flush it down yes. the commode. It is so funny. It is fantastic. Well, let me set your expectations though. If you're going in here for like smart humor, you are going to be so disappointed. This is full of dumb humor. Yes, and that's what makes it great. <laughs> I agree. Um, if you have ever seen, it's a mad, 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 mad world. Um, kind of the same premise. Um, mm. Everyone's trying to get to the money first. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, after I watched Rat Race, my dad saw it, and he was just like, Brett, that's literally, it's a mad, 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 mad world. Like, we're going to see that next. So we watched it, too. But that's from, like, the nice. 70s. Yeah. So, um, fantastic movie. Um, 
So many great parts. I think my favorite part has to be when the family, uh, led by um, Guy, word is escaping me. Um, I feel like an idiot right now. Uh, John Lovitz. God, that's the name. Uh, John Lovitz, his family, they're like... <laughs> The daughter wants to stop at a Barbie museum on the way because he hasn't told any of his family. And so they go in and she and he's just frustrated because he's like, oh, I just want to get that $2 million, you know, and I can't tell my family or they'll be ticked because we're supposed to be on a family vacation and my wife would kill me about this. So concession, fine. We'll go to the dumb Barbie museum. <laughs> well, when they get there, it's like this Barbie who was a, a soldier for the a Nazi soldier, and it's a whole museum dedicated to his personal life and everything. You've got all these skinheads in there, like, oh and they're just and this family's supposed to be Jewish, so they're like, "What the crap are we in?" You know. And when they, yeah, they steal Hitler's car, yeah, when they come out there, like, uh, a different uh, the group led by Seth Green pretty much have jacked their car up. And so they end up stealing Hitler's car. And, and and it leads to the one of the funniest scenes in the movie where they accidentally flip off this biker gang and get their whole car beat up and they're just getting destroyed and they drive off the road on accident and they find themselves crashing into this event and they get and in the process, like some lipstick gets on his um, upper lip right below his nose. Um, a cigarette lighter accidentally gets into his mouth and like burns his tongue so he steps out of the car and he starts speaking he's like and he looks like hitler and you see the sign above him that's world war ii veterans celebration and the guy's like some dude pulls out a gun and shoots at him it's just like yes that's the type of dumb humor you're getting into a rat race and if you have never seen Rat Race, do yourself a favor and go see it. Like, you would love it. And you can find that on Amazon. And by Amazon, I mean purchase it on Amazon. They may have it streaming. You can look and see Or like the streaming. discount bin in Walmart. Oh my goodness. He loves to do that to me. What? Um, I mean, it's a, it's a it comedy is. movie from 2001. Like, it's not. <laughs> this is true. So, Drew. It actually is on Prime Video. Oh, snap. So it's included with Prime. There you go. Um, Drew, what would you rank this movie? Um, it's it's a funny comedy that brings back a lot of nostalgia. It's definitely 2001. Like, Don't you do it. Like, it has the don't, early 2000s. Don't you break my heart. It. Don't you break my heart. What do you rank in this movie? Um, don't you break my heart? I'll give it a seven. I thought he was going to give me a five. Although you're probably going to break my heart next. So, uh, <laughs> a seven from Drew. I'm giving it a seven point five. If I had to, I, I might stretch it to a seven point seven. Uh, only because, like I said, this is one of my favorite comedy movies ever. Mm-hmm. I love dumb comedy and situational comedy, and it's full of both. Yeah, that's uh, probably why I'm a big fan of The Office. Um. It's just, it's stupid funny. I think what helped us out was because I really enjoyed this when I was like a kid. Oh, absolutely. And like a young teenager. Mm-hmm. So like, I mean, yeah, objectively, it's not the funniest thing out there, you know. You, you just stop. Objectively. You just stop. But I think, like, it's 
I don't know. It brought back memories. I think it helped for me that um, it's such a star-studded cast. And like with every group, they have somebody who was even then and almost even now is an incredibly popular comedian. Uh, and so while you might have people surrounding them, people didn't know as well, you'd be like, oh, I know them though, and I know they're going to be ridiculous. And they were. Mm-hmm. Um 7.5 for me, a 7 for Drew. IMDb fan score is going to give us a 6.4. They can't always be right. Uh, the Metacritic, not surprisingly, a 52 because the critics don't like comedy. You're right about that. <clears throat> I mean, I don't know what else to do about it. Drew, next movie, The Killing of a Sacred Deer. Mm-hmm. So let me tell y'all what this movie is about. Uh, If you want to get a little insight before I say anything, this is from the same director and writer of The Lobster. Fantastic movie, too. Highly debatable. Um, Now then, with with that said, let me uh, just go into a little bit. Basically, there's a guy, and he is a doctor. And during a surgery, uh, something goes wrong, and the man dies. And... He says it's not his fault, but we we don't really actually know if it was his fault or not. All we know is that about a year later, his son, yes, uh, his son, Drew is given the drinking motion like he was a little <laughs> drunk while at working, apparently. Um, his son comes in and his six, his 16-year-old son comes in and yeah, pretty much. Yeah, he's a teenager, yeah, 16, um, 17, somewhere around there. He pretty much gets to know him, starts talking to him, tries to act like, oh, I just want to know more about this and everything, invites him to his home. Honestly, this kid is the epitome of a kid you want to kill. Uh, and not because he's a 16-year-old, but because of what he does. Like He goes and tries to break up the dude's family. Um, he tries to get him to stay with his mom, who's now I mean, a single mom. Tries to make them pretty much leave his family and come to his family. Uh, and then finally, what ends up happening is this doctor's son gets sick. Like, he can't move his legs. He's, like, paralyzed from the waist down. Um, and then it goes away for a little bit, and then it comes back with a vengeance, and it starts getting worse. And the boy, the 16-year-old, comes back to the doctor and pretty much tells him, because you killed my dad, one, someone in your family has to die. And it's going to keep happening to each of your family members until you kill one of them. Uh, in other words, like, if his son were, to, son were to die, his daughter could still die from it because he didn't kill his son. Uh, and so he's forced into this conundrum of, one, I don't believe you, until he finally gets to the point where he's got to believe him. There's nothing, no other option. Especially like his son and daughter get to the point they can't walk. Um and his son starts bleeding out of his eyes. And it's just interesting watching the fall of this guy as he comes to grips with the fact that he's going to have to choose one of his family members to kill. And his wife is pretty much like, we can have another kid. It needs to be one of them. <laughs> Which, uh, he can get another wife too, girl. <laughs> but then he ends up pretty much... Covering all their heads, putting, getting them in the living room, taped to furniture, duct taped, can't get out. 
gets a gun and just spins, spins like a top. in a circle and just shoots and hopes he hits someone until he hits someone. I will not say who he hits. Hmm. Um, with all of that synopsis said, there is an awkward awkwardness to the characters that I think the director Yorgos Lanthimos he just loves to do. He did it with the um, with the lobster as well. Where the main character is just um, Steven. He is just like really awkward and strange. I know it's Colin Farrell, but he's just kind of like, I'm here. Yes. But he doesn't. It's like he speaks with no emotion ever attached to it, which makes it so awkward. But then you see like his kids are almost the same way. His whole family is. His wife is super weird. She does some really weird things. Yeah. Uh-huh. And the kids learn some really take weird some stuff they, from the dad, yes, too, if you know do. what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> um, weird. I want to read out this text from you on Sunday night at 6.53 p.m. that says, I hate the absolute awkwardness of these dumb movies you recommend. Yes. It was absolutely awkward. Um because the girl is literally like the 16 year old boy comes over to their house and she she's talking with him because her his daughter's like 14 13 around that area and she pretty much is like i had my first period and you're like who says that and, and, and they do apparently, apparently that family does <laughs> that family? the little the boy's like 11 10 or 11 and he's just like do you have armpit hair can you show me your armpit hair <laughs> My dad has more armpit hair. And it's like, what and, family does this? And then, the, so and then the bad guy asks Colin Farrell to show yes. his armpit hair later. I your, don't, your son said you had more. I don't think you had more. I don't get it. I don't. And he does. He, he obliges. I, see, see, this is my problem with your movie choices sometimes, Drew. Specifically, this one and The Lobster. The characters are so awkward. I'm sitting here like... Why? What's the point? What What are you trying to accomplish by making them this awkward? I don't get it. And maybe that's something that's just way over my head because I'm not some cinephile or something like that. But I don't understand what the purpose of them being so awkward was. Like, what did it accomplish in the end? Because I feel like the movie could have accomplished exactly what it did without them being walking sacks of awkwardness. Yeah, I think it's definitely... like. Colin Farrell is a good actor. Oh, all yeah. these all these actors are good. It's definitely a directorial choice because it's just like the lobster. Like awkward dialogue, awkward, rigid talking, like they all kind of talk like this and yes. I think it's some sort of hear me out. Such a gross exaggeration of like normal awkward everyday events. Like it's it's some sort of like I think it's like a form of satire. I don't know in this particular movie what he's satirizing. I, for the lobster, for sure. I know you'll disagree with me, but he was satirizing romantic comedies. He was, um, and the killing second deer. I don't know what he was exactly actually Do you know doing that, that for. A fact? Yes. Or is that just your opinion? Yeah, no, that's that's like, a fact. That's what he said. Yeah, yeah, that's a fact. Okay, because yeah. it it felt you like, can IMDb it. It's it's a fact. It felt more like to me going back to the lobster that he was um, 
kind of making an indictment on the state of marriage, like people force you to get married. Well, that it's like the the peer pre- the pressure from society to like mm-hmm. on single people. But I guess but I can see definitely what you're much like a satirical and that's fair rom com. So I don't um, I don't know what the point what this one was though. I, I'm not 100 percent sure, but that's it's got to be what it is. Like because he. You in in most movies you would have just normal everyday awkwardness. Mm-hmm. Normal, it happens everybody in real life, and so in movies, he is like extreme level awkward. So it's got to be like a personal choice. Like he's he's doing this to say something. I don't know what, but someone someone a lot more experienced in analyzing movies would probably have to make that, uh, you know, make that uh, analysis, or if. He comes out and, and talks about the movie himself. Maybe he might, but um, but he's got it's it's definitely like a directorial choice. Like he's he's doing it on purpose, mm-hmm. and it's for something. I don't know what, but um, but I love this movie. It is so good. It's a story I feel like that doesn't get told. A lot like the, I mean, come on, like think back to any movie, like the father figure, the protector of the house has to kill one of his own family members to save the family. Like that does not happen a lot in movies. Like, and just how this movie conveys it, because the guy is heartbroken. He's a flawed character. You you find out he, you know, he probably drank a little too much and you know it, it kind of plays coy with you know, he might have killed that guy through his negligence on the surgery on yeah. the operating table mm-hmm. so he's definitely a flawed character but the heart-wrenching task of like him slowly he he was very much in denial at yes. first well, as anybody would be when someone comes up to you and says oh hey each one by one your family's gonna get sick and either they're going to die or you're going to have to kill one. So he was like in denial. What's you know, This is dumb. And then you see through scene after scene, he just slowly starts to realize, holy crap, this might be right. Like this kid might be for real. He's telling the truth. And he, yeah. and, you know, he, and he does everything he can to stop it. You know, I mean, he, he kidnaps the kid and, you know, he, um, <laughs> he, he goes old school on him that for kid's- sure. That kid's messed up, though, in all fairness. Yeah. Like, he's I love how up. he eats spaghetti, by the way. I don't care about that. <laughs> but at one point, at one point, like, while he's in, uh, while he's been captured and is kind of under, like, intense interrogation, he bites uh, the main character, Colin Farrell's mm-hmm. arm. Yeah. And he's like, now, when someone does that to you, is it fair if I say I'm sorry? Does that take away your pain? No. He's like, what if I just, uh, what if we just let it mend? Would that make it fair? No, because you're still the one who got hurt. The only fair way would be, and he just bites his own arm, and like yeah. chunks out a piece of uh, flesh yeah. and spits it out. He's like, "That's the only fair thing." Like, what the? Are you okay, kid? No, he's <laughs> no, not. he's not. No, he's definitely not. <laughs> he's definitely not okay. <laughs> this kid is not okay from the get go. Yeah, he's got some major character issues. I think I love, and you and I talked very briefly about this movie. Before you, you told me specifically that you weren't going to talk to me a lot about it. Mm-hmm. But um, I think I love how like 
we don't know what's making them sick. Like, we don't... Is it magic? Did he, like, poison them? He is obviously some did something. witchcraft? Is there, like, dark arts involved? Like, we don't know. And then he makes it play like there's a third party. Because he's like, those are the rules. They told me to tell... Or something like that. Something along mm-hmm. the lines of that. Like, those are the rules. That they, they told me to tell you that blah, 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 blah. So, there's, there's like, this mystical element to it. Mm-hmm. That we just don't know. Yep. They could be poison. They could, you know, it could be like magic. It could be whatever, you know. And I actually, I, I really like that aspect. Mm-hmm. I like something that, you know, a movie doesn't have to spell out everything for you. You can be guessing, you know. So, um, before we talk ratings, uh, there's two pieces of trivia I wanted to give to you okay. that I found out about this movie. First off, um, one of the characters, um, the character who ends up being killed, uh, in an early shot of him, the shot pans towards him, and there's a photo of a deer above his head, and it's foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. Like, you're going to be the one who dies. I never caught that. Did you catch that? Uh, no. I didn't either. Uh, but I did read all the IMDb stuff afterwards. Oh, cool. So. Uh, the second thing was, you had asked, because like, you were like, I don't know how they got the title of it, uh, Killing of a Sacred Deer. Kind of a weird title. Actually comes from the last chapter of Tragedy of Ephegnia. Hmm. Um, and whenever the main character, Stephen, Tom Farrell, visits the school, he pretty much goes to the school and asks the principal how his kids are doing. He's wanting to find out which one's worse so he can kill that one. Uh, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, He's pretty much trying to pass the responsibility off on someone else. Yeah. Um, and the principal tells him that Kim, his daughter, received an A-plus for her essay on the tragedy of Infania. Mm. So, a little shout-out. Yeah, to, uh, little Easter eggs. Yes. Um, Drew... I want to start with you. What would you rate this movie? Nine. A n- wow. Are you really? Yeah. Why nine? It was such a good film. <sighs> like, Mm-mm-mm. I mean, this, like, it's a combination of story. You don't see the story a lot. I can only think of like one other time, and it's not even a main. Have you ever seen Stephen King's The Fog? No. Or, no, The Mist. I think mm, it's The Mist. I haven't seen that. Um, we'll talk about that later. But but anyways, uh, very rare storytelling elements. Father, protector of the household, head of the household, has to kill a family member to save the family. You don't see that a lot. Mm-hmm. And then two, all these guys are... I mean, yeah, the awkwardness is out to the extreme, but that's like the the chosen director style. These actors are phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Colin Farrell's great. The kid that played the bad guy, I can't remember his name. He's like a new up and comer, I think. Like he's I don't think he was very well known. But I mean, he is so good. Barry Keegan. And his face. His like he displays emotion. Like like he mm-hmm. can act with just his face. Like I know I was laughing on a part when I said about the spaghetti, but that scene where he's eating spaghetti, he's not talking or or he talks a little bit, but like his face is emoting. Saying so much. A lot. Like it's um so I'm gonna give it a nine because of it's a unique story that you don't see a lot with great acting. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um one thing I will say is as I was watching this movie, I kept looking at the young boy, um um Steven's son. Mm-hmm. 
And I was like, I know that kid from somewhere. I don't know where. And I found out he's actually in uh, the house with a clock in his walls. He was kind of like the kid who broke his arm and felt bad about it and like started befriending the main character. And then once his arm got better, he kind of like, screw you. Yeah. He's kind of like a douchebag, honestly. Mm. But um, great actor. Uh, I thought he did a great job. I know you didn't like him, but uh, I thought he did a great job. <laughs> um, with that said... I liked all the actors. <laughs> yeah, okay. With all that said, <laughs> I'm giving it an eight. Okay. I actually really did enjoy the movie. Oh, that's good. Pa- once once we got past that initial awkwardness and the yeah. movie actually started, I thought it was really good. Hey, Brett. I agree that it had a um, great storyline that's not told often. It reminded me of, um, mm-hmm. say, one of my favorite animes. It's called Hunter x Hunter. And at the beginning of it, they uh, face a test. And it's pretty much like you have to choose to kill your daughter or your mother. And... They're getting frustrated trying to figure out, like, how do we answer this question and get it right, you know? And someone answers it and goes by, by and one of them's about to yell at an answer when another stops. And he's like, stop. We've answered correctly. And he's like, what are you talking about? We didn't answer. Like, exactly. There's not a right answer to this. Mm-hmm. And, I, and in the same way, at one point when he is um, talking with the principal, a sign behind him says, do the right thing. Mm-hmm. And there's not really a right thing. Yeah. Um, there's no right answer to what he should do. Yeah. And I think that's what makes it so intriguing. Um, just seeing his emotional instability through all this. In fact, I would say he starts out that rigid, rigid, awkward character, but he develops more personality and emotion as it goes through. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm going to give it an eight. I knew that would surprise you. I didn't want to tell yeah, you. Yeah, I was surprised. It was a far cry from the lobster. <laughs> IMDb fan score, 7 out of 10. Okay. Yeah. So, it's a little cerebral. Yeah. I can see why it would be, honestly. But um, Metacritic score, 73. Okay. So not bad. Yeah. Had five wins, 53 nominations. I would say, I think it was nominated for Best Picture, too. It didn't win, but it was nominated. Yeah. I think Shape of Water won that year. Probably so. 2017, I think it was. Uh, I did find it funny for a movie set in all of America, the only person from the main cast that was American was the boy. Yeah. Um, his son. Sonny Soldier. Yeah, all of them were like British or Irish. Mm-hmm. Irish, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, uh, one's Australian. Nicole Kidman's Australian. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, that's right. But I yeah. always confuse the Australians with British. Tell me about it. Their accents are just similar. Sorry. That probably pissed off a lot of people, but it's true. <laughs> like, it's true. All our viewers. Yeah. Uh, we got a huge following in Australia, and they are mad. <laughs> We're getting hate mail already. <laughs> For real. Uh, but if you want to watch uh, The Killing of a Sacred Deer, you can check that out on Netflix. I would recommend it. Drew would recommend it. Um, definitely not for kids, but, uh, I mean, it's rated R. Um, just know that. If you want to watch Rat Race, I mean, it said it was included with Prime on the IMDb page, so check that out. Yeah. Uh, if not, then find it and get a DVD. Um, great, funny movie. One mm-hmm. of my favorites. Now then, Drew, we come to that time once more. And next week, we will be in the middle of February. Well, the beginning of February. Mm-hmm. And for February, one of the things that we wanted to do was to uh, really highlight movies that either 
predominantly feature uh, black actors and actresses mm-hmm. or movies that would um, speak to their plight in yes. some way or another. Um, and so, Drew, because this was your idea and I loved it, I'm going to make you go first. What okay. movie am I going to be watching this week? All right. I don't so, want to watch Roots. No, <laughs> Roots isn't on my list. Um, no, um, this was a good one. I mean, this one best picture. No Hamilton either. No three-hour movies. <sighs> Hamilton's fantastic. I'm sure it is. I don't but, want to watch uh, a three-hour musical. This one best picture. I mean, this this is the one that... Watch it be Get Out. Um, what best, will you let me finish? <laughs> this one best picture. Uh, at first, it didn't. La La Land, there was a controversy. Oh, La La Land. I heard it was so good. So, so La La Land was announced, and then they were like, oh, snap, wrong envelope. Burr, 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 burr. Moonlight. 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 Oscar winner, best picture. Okay. 2018, 2018? Somewhere in there. So, it's either 17 or 18, I know that. Um, watch it be 16. <laughs> uh, Moonlight. Great, uh, great film. You, it, it's this one. It's this boy going through different stages of his life. So it's like shows him as a boy, shows him as a young man, shows him as an older man. Okay. Um, Mahershala Ali, fantastic actor. Oh, he's so good. Um, fantastic we're, movie. And we're gonna watch this movie. You can find this on Netflix as well. Okay, Moonlight on Netflix. You want to be sure to check that out. My movie is also on Netflix, and it is one Drew. That I've told, I have not told you what this movie is, but I have told you, Kayla gonna want to watch it with you. Okay, that movie is The Help, set in Jackson, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. In fact, I remember when they were uh, filming it up in Fondren. So, oh, cool, yeah, yep, they filmed some scenes there. Um, I think it speaks to a lot of their plight, uh, especially during the fifties. Uh, yeah, definitely, and. My Kayla actually made us watch this one night, and I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's a great film. We should, uh, next episode when we film, we should have some pie for the taste, some chocolate pie. For the oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, it's a great dessert. Chocolate oh, yeah. pie. <laughs> you know, to celebrate Eat the movie. My. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, these, these are two great movies. Absolutely. Sure. So, Y'all love them. So I'm going to be watching Moonlight, Drew's going to be watching The Help, and we hope that you'll watch along with us. You can find both of those on Netflix. Maybe you need to catch up and watch The Killing of a Sacred Deer. You can find that on Netflix as well, or you can check out Rat Race on Amazon Prime or wherever you can find a DVD in the bargain bin. We would love to have you back here. Check those movies out, and we'll be here next Thursday to talk all about them. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you have a great weekend. Brett, what did I forget? Can you show me your underarm hair? <laughs> show me your armpit. <laughs> I'm dropping my ranking to a six. Ah, no, no. <laughs> uh.